And we're taking a little break from our series, The Story. We've been doing that all fall, and we'll go back to it in January. But we thought, well, let's just take a little bit of time today. Next Sunday's a concert, as you heard. Let's take a little bit of time today, and let's just talk a little bit about Christmas. And actually, I just want to talk a little bit kind of in-house family stuff today. Uh, But can I just tell you, uh, can I just ask you, how many of you have heard the question of the month at least once, are you ready for Christmas yet? How many have heard that question? Okay. Only two of you? How many of you heard it 500 times this month and you don't want to hear it again? Are you ready for Christmas? Okay, how many of you are actually ready for Christmas? Is anyone here actually ready for Christmas? I got in trouble last year, last service. Right there, right there in the front row, you're ready for Christmas. We just all give you a hand because you are awesome that you are ready for Christmas. Okay? It's a great accomplishment. I am almost ready for Christmas. We had our staff um, and lead team Christmas party at our house, Jeff and I did, on Friday night. And the reason we hosted it at our house is it forces us to clean the house and actually <laughs> decorate. So I put up the Christmas tree Friday morning, and so now we're ready for Christmas. And so it's all good. And uh, the good news is, here's the good news, whether you are ready for Christmas or not, it's happening. It's coming. And that's good news. You actually don't have the power to stop Christmas. It's, it's happening whether you're ready or not. All the busyness and all the shopping and the baking and the food and all of the stuff, getting together with family and friends and all of that, all the Christmas carols. It's happening whether you're ready or not because that's just, that's just how Christmas is, right? Now, of course, it's a little different from the first Christmas, that first Christmas, you know, and, and the story, by the way, is in your Bibles in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2, and you should definitely read it this season. We're not going to read all of it today, just a little bit, and, and there's going to be moments in, in the upcoming services when, when we read parts of the Christmas story, but can I just tell you, you should pull out your own Bible or your own Bible app and read the whole thing for yourself because it's so much more complex than you remember. There's so much more to it than you remember, and that first Christmas, it starts when this angel just appears to this young girl named Mary and says, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. And if you've been part of this story, you're right now going, I know who Jacob is. I understand how this ties in, which is just great. And his kingdom will never end. And the angel said to Mary, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. That's how it starts. And then it just starts, starts happening. And Mary is, is pregnant. And, and then you see her response, and we see, we see Joseph's response, and then you see her cousin Elizabeth, and, and that's part of the story. And then they have to travel to Bethlehem, and there's shepherds, and an angel appears to them. And if you were at Christmas in the Park last weekend, you saw that part of the story. And there's wise men who probably weren't there at the same time, but we just squished them into the nativity scene because it's just simpler that way. And, and, then, and then there's this moment in the temple later when Simeon and Anna just, just see this baby Jesus, and they start prophesying over him. And some of you are going, I don't remember that part. You should read your Bible. There's this moment when Simeon and Anna are prophesying over this baby. And it probably, honestly, for Mary, it was probably a little bit overwhelming. (laughs) I mean, for her, it wasn't Christmas. There was no Christmas. It was just her life at that moment. 
It was just her life. Most of the world had no idea what was happening. And she just, she just knew. She's like, I'm in the middle of something big. I'm in the middle of something huge, and I'm in the middle of something important. She certainly knew that, that something was going on, but did she know the whole picture and understand everything that was happening? I doubt it. But when the angel spoke to her, the angel said to her, the word of God will never fail. This is going to happen, Mary. God is in it, Mary. So the word of God will never fail. And she said, okay. And I love when I look at Mary, I love her responses um, throughout the story because she has, she kind of has these, these responses that just happen that you see when, when different things happen. And so, so this first thing she does is this absolute trust in God and this submission to his will. She goes, she just says, you know what? I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. So may your word to me be fulfilled. I'm God's servant. Okay. This trust that God's got this figured out and this obedience and this submission to God's will. Okay. It's just incredible. And then her second response is this, uh, ex, um, this, this praise and wonder that she gets to be part of God's story. She just starts singing. She's like, I get to be part of God's plan. And she just starts singing. And she goes, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. She just sings. And then her third response to all of this, after the baby's born, after the shepherds come, after all of this other stuff, it's all just happening, and it's just, what is going on? It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, Mary treasured up, all these things, and pondered them in her heart. Mm. Treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Other translations of the Bible say she thought about them a lot or she wondered what it all meant because it's a lot to take in, you know. And, and what do you do with it all? It's, it's, it's an amazing thing when, when it just suddenly sinks into your heart and your soul that you get to be part of God's plan. It's an amazing moment when that happens. When you start putting all the pieces together and you go, oh, there's this over here. And then there's that over there. And then there's this thing happening over here. And you know you're in the middle of something that matters. And you aren't sure yet what the whole thing is. And you don't quite know what the whole big picture is going to be. But you just start treasuring up the pieces and pondering them in your heart. Mary says, the Bible says that Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. I do that. I'm not Mary, but I do that. I, I treasure moments when I see God at work. I treasure it. And I grab that piece and I go, oh, hang on to that. And even if I don't know what it means or where it's going, I, I grab on to the little things where I see God at work and I, and I pull them together and I journal, I write in my journal. And, and sometimes in my journal, it's really meaningful. And other times I write, I'm not sure, but it seems like this happened and maybe it's going to matter later and I don't want to forget. So I write it down. Or, or if, I, if a specific scripture just hits me or I'm praying and I feel like God is just showing me something, I, I write it down, I tape it on the wall in my closet where I pray. And I, I treasure moments when I, when I can see God at work. I treasure up these things and I ponder them and I think about them a lot and I go, God, what does this mean? And I pray about them. Most of the time, most of the time, I keep that stuff to myself. 
I'm kind of a, a private person, and I'm not really a shout it from the rooftops kind of person. And I might, I might share with a few people that, that I really trust, but, but most of the time I hold this stuff just kind of close to my own heart because it's, it's too precious to be thrown around lightly. But I've been treasuring some things lately that I want to tell you about. And I've been pulling some pieces together that I want to tell you about, because, and I've been pondering them because I just want to tell you something. I can see God at work in us, us here at Evangel, us. I can see God at work, and I I think, I think, I think we're right in the middle of God's plan. I think our church is the middle of something that's bigger than we think, and it's more than we think, and we might not understand all of it, but we're right in the middle of God's plan. Can I tell you some, can I tell you some stories, things that I've been treasuring? Just turn to the person beside you and go, oh, it's story time today. It's story time today. Okay? Okay, well, I got to start with last weekend. So last weekend we had Christmas in the park, and lots of you were there, and it's the second time that we've done it, and, uh, and, and we, we have music and we have drama in Cabot Square telling the story of Jesus' birth, and we had uh, chili and hot chocolate because I was totally there at Jesus' birth. And so we do that in Cabot Square, and it's simple and it's warm, and somebody said to me, it feels like home. And in case you're wondering how many came out, we had between 120 and 180 people at each show, and we had five shows. So you could do the math. So that's that's pretty exciting, the number of people that saw the story of Jesus in Cabot Square last weekend. But can I tell you what I treasured about it, what I really treasured about it? I treasured all of you who, when I came to you at Christmas in the park and I said, are you warm enough? Are you doing okay? I treasured all of you who grabbed me by the arm and said, and smiled and said, it's not as cold as it was last year. <laughs> And that's true because last year, let's just say it right out loud, it was cold. But this year, it was perfect. The weather was perfect. Even the moment when the snow came down so hard, I had to, I had to blow the snow off of my music so that I could lead the choir. And speaking of the choir, I treasured our choir. I treasured the people that came out and showed up to practice. And can I just tell you that the first two people to join, they made me laugh, is the first two people that came to the very first practice that we had. They walked in. They didn't even know each other. And they separately came to me and they said, okay, okay, Pastor Patty, I just want you to know, I've never been in a choir in my entire life, but you said it would be fun and you said it would be easy. So here I am. (laughs) And it was. And they came, and we ended up with a bunch of people, and, they, and we, we wore silly hats, and we, we filled Cabot Square with music. We, just, we filled it with the song Silent Night, just reminding people of the birth of Jesus, and we wished them the merriest of Christmases, and we, we just blessed and filled that space with music. And, and by the way, that choir prayed, by the way. We didn't just sing. We prayed. We gathered in here before every show, right in this space, and we, just, we took turns leading in prayer and praying that God would fill the space in Cabot Square, and that God would draw people in and that people would meet Jesus because of what we were doing. I treasure that. I treasure the ones who were in that choir who've been in a million choirs and who continue the tradition doing what they always do. And they took the songs that we sang in Cabot Square. And, and just yesterday, there's a few of you, and you, you went from that choir and you took our songs and you went to a nursing home and you sang them there for some of the seniors that were there and some of the people that were there, just like you do every year. And I just, I just treasure that you do that. 
And I also, also treasured that. Uh, I just love that. Some of you came on Sunday to, to Christmas in the park, and, and you were late. And you made sure to come and tell me why you were late, because you said, Pastor Pride, there's a reason that we're late. And it, it, the reason is because we came to church Sunday morning, and I said, well, that's, that's good. And then you said, and we wanted to come to Christmas in the park, but there's some people that they can't get out anymore. They're a little bit older, and it's hard for them to get out. And so what we did was after church Sunday morning, we went and we visited several people who are part of Evangel, but who just can't get out anymore. We spent some time with them, and we sang with them, and we prayed with them, and then we came to Christmas in the park, so we're a little bit late. Is that okay? Yeah. Turn the person beside you and go, Yeah. Yeah, I treasure that. I treasure that we have a church that, that does that. And I treasured and I just soaked in that we had kids and youth and young adults who were angels and shepherds and actors and techies and, and singers and that all ages were involved doing costumes and makeup and making food for the, for the volunteers. And I especially treasured, oh, I especially treasured a whole group of you who came early last Sunday morning after the busy weekend and before first service and you picked up mops and you went through the whole building so that the building would be clean for the first service. And you go, oh, she's just talking about how great Evangel is. Well, sure. Sure. But it's more than that. It's not just within Evangel. I treasure last weekend the conversation I had with somebody I didn't know who walked up to me and said, are you the pastor? And I said, yeah. And they said, right in Cabot Square. And they said, here, we want to give you this. And they put $11 in my hand. And they said, me and my family, we love this. We live in the community. We came last year, and we came back this year. And we just want to say thank you for doing this for our community. Thank you for doing it. It's fantastic, and we want to help to cover some of the expenses. And I treasured that. I, I treasured the conversations I had with several people who came to me and said, so are you the pastor at Evangel? And I said, yeah. And they said, oh, I used to know Pastor so-and-so because I am not the first pastor at Evangel. There's lots that have come before. And I got reminded of the incredible history this church has and went, I can't believe, I mean, we, we've just been here for 102 years connecting with people and connecting with our community and being used by God in our city. And I was so, I was so proud to be part of it all. And can I just tell you also, and you can laugh a little bit with me because you know me well enough by now. I, I, I kind of, I treasured um, the moment out in Cabot Square with, with the guy who, who yelled profanities at me, <laughs> you know, really angrily and, and, you know, just, you're all beep, 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 mental is what he said because we believe in God. And I, I just treasured that. And I remembered him actually from last year because he was angry last year too. And then, and then, treasured another moment on a, at another time when Jeff and I got to talk with a guy who had been clearly drinking quite a bit and, uh, and he wanted to know what we were doing and he wasn't too sure about church but boy he thought that what we were doing over there was good and he wanted to know what we were all about and he wanted to just stay and chat all night and we got a chance to just chat with him and make friends with him and you go why would you treasure those moments because they don't happen in here on Sunday morning They don't happen in my office. They only happen when we get outside of the church building and we engage with our world and we connect with our community. And I I treasure that. I treasured every single prayer that was put on our prayer tree. Did you know we had a prayer tree out there? People were writing down their prayers and putting them on the tree. We collected all of those. We're treasuring those. We've already prayed over them several times, one at a time, asking God to meet people's needs. I treasure that. But it's not just Christmas in the park. I mean, it's more than that. Yesterday morning, I was here uh, for our last session of the season for EFSL, for English and French language instruction. And, I, and I, it's, it's one of those ministries we do here that tends to fly below the radar. 
It's easy to forget that it happens. But I get to come. And I got to see what was happening. And I got to hear people say, teachers in, in the EF, EFSL program saying to me, Pastor Brady, you know what? I get to hear people's stories. I, I found out where Azerbaijan is. I didn't know. But one of my students is from there. And so I got to, and, and one of my students actually is returning to Iran next, next uh, January. But, but she was here and I got to, I got to connect with her. I had a student come to me, and they said, uh, we, just, we just moved here. My family just moved here 18 months ago from Korea. And, and by the way, guess, guess where they live? Right there. If you look out the window, right there, right in those condos, right there. And then somebody else said to me, you know, I'm new to Evangel, and I, somebody asked me if I could teach, and I didn't think I could teach English, but, well, I did. And it was awesome. And I was talking to these people and seeing friendships that were formed and deep bonds that were formed as small groups of people did the work of learning a new language together and they laughed together and they, um, they, they helped each other and they were reciting grocery lists together in English or in French. And, and then additionally, we also, we revamped it a little bit this year. And so, and so additionally, we added Alpha to the program. And so there's the standard EFSL language instruction. But then we said, well, if you want to stay for more, we're going to show Alpha, which is an intro to Christian faith. It's, it's a phenomenal intro to Christian faith um, video series. We're going to show that in English and in French. And if you want to stay and improve your language and also learn who we are and what we believe, then you get. And so people stayed for that. And so, so that got added into the whole. And can I just tell you, it just matters so much. It matters so much because it impacts people's lives and it opens doors for them so they can get jobs and they can be part of a community because they can speak the language. And I really, really treasure that we do that. And I treasure that a few weeks ago, our, our Young at Heart group put on their annual Victorian tea, and we don't do stuff for just within. They all invited their friends, and we had 80 people came out, not just evangel people, community people, friends that don't know Jesus that came out to that annual uh, Victorian tea. I treasure that a few weeks ago at staff meeting, somebody said, oh, we're going to have a family fun night, a family games night on Friday night. And I didn't even know about it. And they said, you don't need to know about it, Pastor. You, it's fine. We got it. And, and, and just put on this night when people could come and play games together and get to know each other. And about 60 people came out to that. And I treasured this past Wednesday when if you had been in my office, you would have heard music pumping through the floors of my office in a really annoying way. And I treasured it. Because it reminded me that we had opened up our space and uh, there was a Christmas party for Chez Doris for the women's shelter. Christmas party, we were hosting it in our space. And it meant we got to open our doors and make room for women who are in some lousy situations so that they could have a good Christmas. I, I treasure that. And I treasure that we get to do that. But, you know, it's not just the gatherings. It's not just the, it's not just the big things and the gatherings together. There's many people here and this many people. It's the ones. It's the single moments that, that I see happening that I just treasure. I treasure. I got an email this week from one of you. And, and it's, it's somebody that we've been praying for and we've been working with and we've been pouring time into and we've been supporting and we, we just couldn't do everything. It was one of those things that we're like, I don't have all the answers for this, but we'll do what we can. And so we did what we could and we've been helping this person through, you know, frankly, a really difficult year. And, and last week, this person, uh, you, you got some answers. You found out uh, that some answers about family, some answers about schooling. And, and all of a sudden your life is changing and you sent me an email to tell me and I went, oh. We get to be part of that. I treasure that we get to be part of, of having somebody's life change. I treasure that, that last Sunday morning, we had a woman who came to our, our first service, and she came, and she was in crisis. And I don't treasure that she was in crisis. 
a treasure that before I got to her, somebody else already had and was taking care of her. And I treasure that after I spent a few minutes with her and had to just keep moving on, somebody else came along and said, I got this, Pastor Patty, and I'm looking after her, and we, we've been emailing her, and we're staying in touch with her and seeing God. I, I treasure the person last week who told me that her friend's cancer is gone. I treasure um, that, that the, the, the one who, who found out about this opportunity to help with one of the global workers that we support overseas because they want to plant a church. And, and they said, we just need a little bit of, we need help doing it. We need financial support. And one of you actually emailed me and said, you know what? I'm going to fast cable. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cancel my cable for a specified period of time so that I can use that money to pour into what God is doing in this other place. And I just went, wow. I just, I just treasure that. I treasure the one that I had lunch with this week when we sat down and we just had chicken together. It was good chicken, good chicken. And we we had chicken, but we had real conversation, you know, not just fluff, but the kind of conversation that says, how can we, how can we be ever growing in our faith? How can we be ever deepening in our faith? How can we make sure that we pass on a passionate faith, passionate following of Jesus for the next generation? The Bible says in Luke 2.19, Mary treasured all these things, and pondered them in her heart. It's an amazing thing when it sinks in to your heart and your soul that you get to be part of God's plan. And even if you don't know all the big picture, you can see this piece here and that piece there and this piece over here, and you're not sure what the big picture will be, but you know you're in the middle of something big, the middle of something important. Last week at the end of Christmas in the park. You know, every, every show that we did at the end of it, I would come up on the stage and cause I'm the pastor and stand up and go, this is who we are. This is why we do what we do. There's our church right there. Just do a little speech. And so it was the last show and it was almost at the end and I was waiting for the song to finish so that I could go up and close out the last show. And so just for a minute, I was all by myself behind the giant screen and I was back there all by myself. And all of a sudden I was there and I just thought, oh, and I started looking around at Alexis Neon, the mall, and people coming in and out, and, and the forum, and little groups of people all around the Cavett Square, some of them with us, some of them just separate groups, people coming and going out of the metro and out of, out of the buses over here. And I looked at the condos and the condos being built and the apartment buildings over here, and right in the middle of all of this, right in the middle of the city, right in the middle of all of this stuff, I thought, oh, I can't believe we get to do this. I can't believe we get to do this. I can't believe we get to tell the story of Jesus. We get to carry Jesus right into this public space, right into this place where where all the hustle and bustle of the city is. We get to be the church of Jesus Christ right here. And we we get to be part of God's plan right here. And all by myself behind that giant screen, I just whispered this prayer of thanks to God at what we have the privilege of doing, what we get to do, before I went on the stage and did my little speech that I do of who we are and why we do what we do. I treasure these things, and I think about them often. We, all of us together, all all of us, just turn your head on your neck. That's how it works. And look around. Look around. See the people. Go ahead. All of us together, we get to be part of God's plan. Do we understand all of it? Probably not. But we get to see all these little pieces. I'm pretty sure we're in the middle of something that matters. 
And every now and then, I, there are days that I whisper, I can't believe we get to do this. And I love Mary's responses in the middle of all that was happening in her life, all that God was doing, this, this absolute trust in God and submission to his plan, this, this bursting out in song of praise and wonder, I get to do this. And then this treasuring it all up in her heart and keeping it close and pondering it. And then there's a fourth response that Mary has that, that I, I kind of saw this week. This fourth response after, after all of those things, well, then she went and did the work. And you go, well, I don't, I don't see that in Scripture, Patty. I don't see a verse where it says, and then she got up and she went and did the work. Listen, I don't know how many of you have had babies here. But I assure you that if you think that Mary spent her life just, she gave birth and then just pondered quietly for the rest of her life, you got another thing coming. (laughs) She did the work. When Jesus was born, I guarantee you that Joseph and Mary's lives were forever changed. They were forever impacted. Their priorities were rearranged. There was work to be done. There was a cost because there's always work to do and there's always a cost to carry when we are part of God's plan. And it's no different here with us here at Evangel. We don't just ponder and sing and trust God. We, we do the work. We carry the cost. We actively join in with what God has called us to do because we're so excited that we get to do this. And I just want you to know God has a plan for this church in this community, in this city. And it is more than just worshiping or pondering how good God is. It's more than that. We are here to impact our city. We are here to transform our community. We are here to create a path for those that want it towards practical change and spiritual change and family change and whatever in people's lives. We are in the heart of this community and we are part of Montreal and we have been for 102 years. And we didn't get to where we are today just by simply sitting in this space on Sunday mornings and pondering. (laughs) We did the work. And we shouldered the costs, all of us, together. I feel like somebody should amen that a little bit. And the truth is, we need to do it again. We need to do it again because unless, unless you know, God has invited us to be, to be part of his plan and to be part of the work that he's doing, but we can't do it unless all of us do it. And there are some of us, This is where I'm just going to not make eye contact, okay? There are some of us who need to pick up some of the work. And, or it's not going to get done. And you come to me and you go, oh, but Patty. And you sound very spiritual. And you go, God will provide someone. Yes. Maybe you. (laughs) Someone has to say yes. Somebody needs to do the work. Can I just tell you in 2019 what some of our dreams are? Some of the things we feel God's calling us to? We want to start an addictions recovery group. You heard it on the, on the announcements. Uh, called Celebrate Recovery. But we need some people to help make it happen. We want to run um, alpha groups, small groups in homes or, or, or larger groups here where we introduce people to faith because it is the most effective way, one of the most effective programs on the planet, helping people to understand who Jesus is. But somebody has to, has to host and somebody has to facilitate conversation and somebody has to, you know, pull it together and help make it happen. We want to, we, we right now, when we're able to, we cook food for people in Cabot Square, people that are in need. We want to be able to do that every week. But... Well, somebody's got to turn on the stove. (laughs) 
and commit and say, I'm going to be here and I'm going to make sure that I'll do my, I'll do my turn. I'll do my part. We want to pray in this church. I want to see prayer increase in this church, fervent, powerful prayer. And I want to see answers to that prayer, but it's not going to happen if we don't make the time and come together and pray. And the truth is in any church, usually 20% of the people do 80% of the work until the 20% burn out. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Some of us need to jump in and help pick. And I'm going to talk to somebody and go, and some of us need to jump back in. <laughs> okay? There are some, and again, I'm not making eye contact, but some of us have settled back and gone, well, I've done my bit. I've done my time. Somebody else can do it. I'm retired now. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Listen, you baby boomers. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Yep. Retired with skills, with passion, with all kinds of help. We need you. Listen, you seniors, we're filled with wisdom and experience and stories of faith and a passion for Jesus and long years of faithfulness. We need you. You are not finished yet. <laughs> we need to, that was the young people amening, by the way. We, we need to do the work, and I just need to tell you, we need to shoulder the costs. And some of us need to start picking up the costs. Some of us, everything we do here has a cost. All of these things that I just told you that I treasure in my heart, that we're excited about, that we do in our church, they only happen when people like you and me give. That's the only way it happens, so that this church can be here in this community participating in God's plan. Christmas in the park has a cost. It doesn't just happen. Uh, family fun night, when we play games together, it has a cost. When we have a Victorian tea, it has a cost. When somebody needs help and they need somebody to pour hours of time into them and help them with editing an application of some kind or doing whatever, all of that so that their life can change, there's a cost to that. This church has, this church evangel has planted two other churches in three years in Montreal. And by the way, the most recent one, the campus has grown since it launched this fall. It has grown 50% in the last few months. That's amazing. 50%. But there's a cost. (laughs) And I told you last spring it was going to cost us $23,000 and it did. That's the cost of, of seeing. If people, and it's no good pondering in our hearts how excited we are to be in God's plan if we're not willing to do the work and carry the cost. So this week, I met with our lead team. We had our regular monthly meeting. And then I gave them the same speech that I just gave all of you of, I can't believe we get to do this. And we were all excited. And, and we just cheered. And, and we we're so excited about what God is doing that we get to be a part of it. But we also talked about um, reality and some of the things that we're facing. And so just, just give, me, give me a little grace to, to just tell you that, that our giving has dropped over the last two months. And I'm not, I'm not sure why. Until the end of September, we were ahead of budget. Everything was going fine. And now we're a little bit behind in our giving. And December is expensive. It's expensive for a church too, not just for families. And somebody goes, well, you should just spend less. Well, our ministry spending is well under budget, as it always is. Always. Our re- and somebody goes, well, you should just rent out the space more. Our rental income is above budget. We can't accommodate. We don't have room for any more rentals. The simple truth is, it's our giving that has started to drop. 
So we talked about it, me and the lead team. We prayed together, and we agreed that I needed to remind all of us <laughs> about it this morning and because they said, well, maybe just some people have forgotten, and sometimes that happens. And so I'm just telling you, we are this church. You are this church. We, all of us, are part of God's plan for the city. And one of the things that we prayed on Wednesday night was that God would start reminding some that had forgotten God, would you just remind them and just, just remind them again to, to give if they've been forgetting to do that? Because sometimes people forget. That was Wednesday night. Can I tell you that Thursday, I got a report from our bookkeeper that on Wednesday, sometime during Wednesday, the giving app that we have just started cl- cl- uh, clicking into action. People started giving. They just started giving. It's like God actually answered our prayer. And started reminding people. And, and all of a sudden, it just started to come in. How many know that I'm going to keep on praying that prayer? I hadn't even told anybody about it yet. I've told you now. So if you don't hear from God, you've heard it from me. And I've told you now that, that we, need, we need. But the truth is, some of us need to start picking up some of the costs. Some of us need to start living generously. Some of us need to start tithing. Jeff and I and our staff. And our lead team, we all give 10% of our income. It's just what we do. That's what we do. And you say to me, well, I don't believe in tithing. I think that's legalistic. I think it's an Old Testament rule. Fine. But there is no framework for Christian faith that doesn't include finances. And that doesn't include living generously. So what's your plan? What's, what's your idea? What's your plan for how you are going to intentionally live generously and be part of your local church as part of your faith? The truth is, I'll just stop making eye contact again. Some of us used to give and we just stopped. Maybe because maybe it wasn't even intentional. We just, we just forgot. And some of us, can I just say, with full eye contact, some of us have been giving faithfully for years and doing the work faithfully for years and you're going to keep doing it. And if I said to you, thank you, you would just look at me and shrug and go, just what we do, Pastor Patty. And I thank God for you. Living generously is part of our faith. Doing the work is part of our faith. And so here's what I want to say to you today. Now listen, if you're new here and it's your first day here, you, you landed in on a kind of a family day. And thank you for that. And we're glad to have you here. I want you to, you are the reason that we are here carrying Jesus so that somebody like you can connect with God and can find God. And I'm glad that you're here. So this isn't, this isn't directed at you if you're a first timer. If you're a person who is in a season of life and we all have them when it is just hard and we just can't and it's difficult and there's pain and all of that, I get that. I don't want you walking out of here under a pile of guilt. But, but, if you are a follower of Jesus and you are a committed part of this local church, can I just tell you straight up, if all you're doing is warming a seat on Sunday morning, you're missing out. You're missing out on what God is doing through this group of people. God has a plan for this church And we get to be part of it. We get to be part of it if we choose to do so. So, are you ready for Christmas? (laughs) If you're not, don't worry about it. Mary wasn't ready either. And it it happened anyway. It came anyway. 
But, but when God invited her to participate in what he was doing, she just said, okay, trusted God and submitted to his will, okay. She burst out in song at the wonder that God was making her a part of his plan. And then she, made, she pondered it all in her heart and treasured it up. And then she made a lifelong commitment day after day after day to do the work, to carry the cost, and to get the job done. Can we do the same? I'm going to ask if you would stand this morning. And here's what I want you to do. We're just going to close in prayer. And, you know, we always have a moment when we invite you to respond to God. And, and, and so we're going to do that now. But I'm also going to, I, I just know that some of you are already, you, you, you smell the waffles and you've already left. You're, I know that. Okay? But I want you to pause before you go. And I want you to stop and ask God. Don't take it from me. Stop and ask God. God, would you show me what new possibilities you're inviting me to be a part of. Just close your eyes if it helps you. Open your hands if it helps you to to have an openness to God. And just actually stop. Go, God, what are you calling me to do? What, in what ways are you calling me to participate in your plan? Ask him. And then just wait. Because he might just answer. Just ask him. God, show us what work you have for us to do. What cost you're asking us to carry. How are you asking us, inviting us to participate in your plan for this city? Would you show us and would you help us to respond with obedience and with excitement at what we get to do so that this church can be and do all that you've called us to be and do? And God, we're going to walk out of here and we're going to go into our regular life after we eat waffles. And, and, and God, I'm asking you, I'm asking you a couple of things. I'm asking you, God, that you would help us this week to also stop one more time and ask the same question. God, where are you inviting me to participate in what you're doing? God, would you, would you elbow us spiritually until we remember and we stop and we ask and we wait for the answer? And then, God, the second thing I'm asking is, we're walking out of here and we're going into our real lives, our homes and our, our workplaces and our um, exams and families. And some of us are traveling and have special Christmas plans and neighbors and all of that. Would you help us to carry Jesus into those spaces? Help us to carry Jesus well. God, would you help us to do good and to love each other and to reveal Jesus to a world that desperately needs him? And we will trust you and jump in and participate with all of our hearts to be part of your plan. Bless each one, especially as people travel. Bless them as well. God, bring us back safely next week. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you go today, make sure that you remember, make sure you get some waffles. Make sure you say hi to somebody. Maybe ask them if they're ready for Christmas. 
And next Sunday morning, remember one service at 1030 and it's a Christmas concert. Bring your friends. We'd love to see you there. God bless you. Have a great week.